हेलो दोस्तों कभी गौर किया क्या कि हमारी जिंदगी में हमारे इर्द गिर्द कुछ छोटी छोटी घटनाएं इतनी फ्रीक्वेंसी से घटती हैं कि उनका घटना लगभग सामान्य सा लगता है लेकिन अगर गौर किया जाए तो सामान्य से दिखने वाली इन घटनाओं में कुछ बेहद दिलचस्प ह्यूमन बिहेवियर की कई डायमेंशन भी छिपी रहती है जो अक्सर अनोटिस्ड ही रह जाती है तो आइए नजर डाले हमारे इर्द गिर्द इस रोजमर्रा की करीब करीब अक्सर घटने वाले ऐसे ही एक किस्से पर कहा सोच कास्ट पर तेरी मेरी उसकी बातों के अगले एपिसोड में women have yet to learn is nobody gives you power you just take it women achievers radio empowering women there are women who make a difference women achievers radio for different perspectives people who make a difference we are talking about people who go mad i'm not talking about mad mad as what you think is mad i'm talking about people who go m a d who go and make a difference not to their own selves but to the community and i have with me hema bedi we're going to start talking about hema bedi how she got into being a corporate woman to being a uh-uh, a surprise surprise let hema tell her story herself welcome hema thank you chaya really like your med the mad i think it is so appropriate make a difference you have to be a little extra something to be able to do the kind of things that one has done yeah i am primarily from a business family mm-hmm. in bangalore and mysore i started to build a career in advertising and films by films i mean like uh, making films also mm-hmm. but uh, more on film production work okay with the uh, units that were from uh, bollywood and hollywood as well as the local regional industries okay and basically i coordinated production and casting for them mm-hmm. and of course i had my agency called shiva ads and right. for many years i was uh, working on very interesting uh, creative work print media <coughs> print media okay. press media mm-hmm. also uh, avs and uh, documentaries mm-hmm. and i worked with a section of uh, very high level clientele including corporates and government okay is to come when did you go mad i was going through a crisis about uh the material world mm-hmm. and my spiritual self okay and this was creating quite a bit of havoc with me because i was beginning to question my inner self so much mm-hmm. and i was realizing that i had very little satisfaction in what i was doing in this rat race making the money and running after a glamorous lifestyle and uh feeling empty within believe you me at that point i really needed to identify with what was happening and i needed to find appropriate solutions so i thought taking a sabbatical would be the best thing possible mm-hmm. where i would have time to uh, explore more of these inner queries that were churning within me and uh, i moved from the bustling city which was losing its charm mm-hmm. to uh, really the back of beyond but a very pretty rural area 
close to Bangalore okay. in Andhra Pradesh. Okay. So I moved to Penakunda where I have a brother who has been in the NGO sector for over 40 years mm-hmm. and he was uh, doing a lot of work with unionization of agricultural laborers mm-hmm. and working with their women to organize them into self-help groups. Okay. And they have a pretty large setup, a nice uh, 30-acre farm and, you know, buildings for the offices, buildings for their staff and things like that. So I decided to move there. And I thought it would be a nice place in the middle of nature and in this rural environment to really rediscover myself. Mm-hmm. And I found a lot of peace, but I still didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. So my brother quite often told me, why don't you join me i need a gender coordinator and you know i mean i think you would uh, be able to fit the bill june of 1998 july 1998 okay i joined him as gender coordinator okay and within 3 years of my being there i mean 3 months of my being gender coordinator i walked straight into the issue of human trafficking or okay. commercial ex- sexual exploitation really okay in, in the villages mm-hmm. and that chaya drove me m a d it just it did something to me you i could not that. believe that this was actually happening under our noses mm-hmm. that so many girls young girls and women and girls as young as 10 and 12 oh my god were huh? being sold off into the flesh trade by their parents by the parents or in some cases the parents were led to believe that it was a you know domestic job they were okay. duped okay. so there was a percentage that was duped there was a percentage that was in the know how mm-hmm. but it was just too shocking mm-hmm. and i became so passionate about it i just felt i had to do something about it mm-hmm. so that's what i did i just got up and i did whatever i had to do Which and is... let me tell you that did whatever i had to do yeah. was uh, you know it was like an open playground because there's no kind of model that you can follow on interventions mm-hmm. there is no at that point of time no work had been done mm-hmm. at all on the issue of human trafficking okay. from the grassroots supply zones nobody had touched mm-hmm. source areas nobody had touched <coughs> all interventions were purely purely at uh, Re- recovery demand side oh. demand side. demand side demand okay side. not in the organized red light sector okay red light area but not all over the place it was nobody knew about that no they thought it was all specific to the red light area well it was specific to the red light area at least the initial destinations in mm-hmm. the districts that i work yeah anantpur and kadapa mm-hmm. of andhra pradesh ralsima region um they were primarily selling them into the organized sector okay which was your delhi gb road uh-huh. and uh, kamatipura delhi i mean uh, mumbai kamatipura and uh, falkland road and grant road and okay. also bhivand oh so they also have many branches mm-hmm. yeah they all different places mm-hmm. and then in pune you have your shukravar pet and your budwar pet mm-hmm. so in these areas so uh, primarily they, these were the main three destinations at that point mm-hmm. scenario has changed over the years now it's expanded it's expanded global it's you know i mean now destinations are goa mm-hmm. and bangalore and uh, areas like uh, even meerut rajasthan different areas different places 
then your six tourism places mm. like your kovalam beaches kerala mm. and then the nature has also been evolving mm. so there is you know street prostitution there is a a slight organ organized sector on the highways slightly on in 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 terms of uh, uh, your sex tourism then there is that culture of getting a few girls putting them together for massage parlors mm. or putting them together you know for uh, facade, cell phone with a facade cell phone linkages mm. and fixing them up for lodges and resorts and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's a big industry it's a very very lucrative industry chaya lucrative to whom the ones who run it or the ones these women who are in it the ones who run it not mm, the not women for, who are in it not for them not for them they're being exploited they are being exploited there is only a percentage that makes good money mm. and that is a percentage that probably services the high level of their clients okay which could also be people who are very politically mm. connected okay and or are political mm. and it could also be people like uh, your very top brass level of police oh this is what it is mm-hmm. at this point so having got into it and getting so fired with it at that initial stage in 2000 99 mm-hmm. 98 99 my brother felt that you know already i had worked at raising funds with unicef for the issue and unicef believed that you know here was a project that needed attention and mm-hmm. it was Funding. looking like a pioneering agency so uh we must assist them so my brother suggested i also register my own society mm-hmm. so in end of 99 beginning 2000 i founded stree okay stree as in s t h r e e which is an acronym for society to help rural empowerment and education oh, cool okay and since then i have spent 13 years Mm-hmm. almost 13 years lucky just <laughs> looking at uh, looking at resolving the problem okay and we have i mean we have grown abundantly uh-huh. we have uh, where is found, where are you headquartered in penkonda uh, no my headquarters are in kadri okay. in anandpur district mm-hmm. and uh, we have a rehabilitation center there all right we have offices we have a livelihood center mm-hmm. we run a shelter for these girls rescue girls We also have a wellness center for positives. Okay, what's your modus operandi? How do you, how do you know? Okay, these girls have been hardpoured, and where do you get them, and all that? Can you just tell me, walk us through See, that? See, initially everything was a question of gathering data. Hmm. You have to have information yeah. before you can translate it into any sort of uh, action. action or intervention. So. we got information we found families where their children were not there where the children were either missing or the children had been sent or sold by the parents mm-hmm. and we while we were gathering data about who was in the village and who was not in the village we also got information on the traffickers who the recruiters were at the ground level who were the agents at the district level all the way up to the state and to the destination point okay who the gharwali or the madam of which camera number is running okay the brothel there and who who are the girls from andhra who are in who have been trafficked to so you were focusing on the girls from andhra yeah we were focusing on the girls from andhra mm-hmm. 
so we were able to get this information we faced a lot of hostility mm-hmm. particularly from the scheduled tribe community why so um they are called sugalis they uh-huh. are offshoot of the lombardis uh-huh. and for them it's like a cultural tradition their mother goes the daughter goes the okay. sister in law goes the bhabhi goes everybody is sold into prostitution really okay and and they are in their own way they're quite a permissive uh, community mm. and uh, the whole idea behind this entire culture is that eventually the girl is going to have money for dowry to get married and but they would be a person ready to marry her in spite of all this or their own boys <laughs> okay. are ready to marry them because the money she because the money is being given mm-hmm. you see so they will have a oh my god him i can't believe that we are in the 21st century can you believe this is the 21st oh. century and we are it's talking disgusting. about isn't it yeah. talking about educating and empowering women and yeah oh okay chaya some of this horror stories mm-hmm. i think i have to compile into a book i'm seriously thinking of writing a you book you must now. do that you i will do that, that. Yeah. because you know in a talk show it's so difficult to tell you exactly how pathetic just tell us one are. case study which you think is well, which I, indicates the I general have had story so many girls who have come to me who have been so badly ill treated mm-hmm. they've had you know they i mean they still carry all the scars of the cigarette burns oh. and the torture and the beating by whom by the gharwalis oh. and the customers by the customers the They're customers what they she's refusing to she doesn't want to be a part of the whole thing oh okay so she and in the presence of the gharwali ha uh-huh. ha so they've been like tortured you know i mean it's pathetic they still carry those scars they are so traumatized mm-hmm. their mental health is all shot out mm-hmm. their entire physical self has been subject subjugated at the age of 12 and 13 oh my god imagine servicing 20 clients in a day it's multiple rape oh. multiple rape after rape after at 12 rape. what i don't get 30. out of it poor kids and there's this and crazy thinking amongst the customers that you know if you have a virgin you will you will never ever get aids and you will always be pure and mm-hmm. your sexual prowess will improve oh, and really okay. so they demand virgins and they demand younger girls you know they demand for a a virgin girl and a just attained puberty girl mm-hmm. is like the family in an st family mm-hmm. where it is so open the transaction mm-hmm. they are paid 2 lakhs mm-hmm. the family is paid 2 lakhs to take that girl Oh Now that's a lot of money for them. And here there are, there's no police intervention or No, there is after we brought things out oh, into the open. Okay. There has been nothing but intervention after intervention after intervention. All right. So now the, do the police uh, support you in rescuing these yes, girls and the police in fact if we did not have police support we would have been probably uh, killed. you know killed <laughs> literally. Yeah, killed. I know. You are listening to People Who Make a Difference with Hema Bedi on Women Achievers Radio. So this is the thing we ran into them there is a mafia it's it exists we know it we had my staff have been knifed and they've been beaten up my offices have been ransacked oh, these my are by cottage. all the people who are running these institutions okay my cottages have been uh looted looted <laughs> but him what if you're going in spite of all death that death threats all the time It's villages villagers have been telling me don't come madam to the village don't come madam to the village there's a supari out on you for about 15 lakhs don't wow come. okay yeah and your coordinators 8 lakhs 8 lakhs so I said, but oh, what keeps you oh. going is it because you're really mad 
I think so. <laughs> I think so. I w- yeah. But you know, Chaya, I feel so good when I bring that smile back on their face when they get empowered mm-hmm. and when they are able to take employable jobs or run a little business on their own or have their own little petty shop they or don't provision go back store. To it. They don't no, we have had 80% success okay. in uh, rehabilitating girls. Does the society accept them? Well, you know, we have worked so hard towards stigma removal. Okay. And with the ST community, there's no stigma attached. Yeah. Their own boys, <laughs> anyway, marry them. So, it has helped. Mm-hmm. We have worked from the ground level right up to the ministry levels to make sure that these kind of girls get immediate, immediate relief. Okay. When we rescue them and bring them back. All right. So the the government has many schemes now in place for them. Very nice. Okay. So they get they get an initial relief amount of ten thousand rupees. Okay. Do they take some time to heal from their experiences? Yes, they do. Must be. And there is constant psychosocial counseling. And then you know many of them have now we have trained some people with NIFT. We have trained some in beautician courses. Mm-hmm. So we have some girls working in garment factories now. Okay. in uh, bangalore as well as in chennai mm-hmm. then we have uh, one or two girls who are also uh, working as beauty parlors mm-hmm. and then some of them who have got married who were also training for uh, the beautician course are now supplicating a double income with their husband because nice. what they do is in their own house in one little room they say they start off they do Simpler things that rural people like to do at a threading and waxing, yeah, threading, waxing, yeah. a haircut, and you know, mm-hmm. mehndi or now a little bit of hair color consciousness is there. Okay. So that kind of stuff, maybe a pedicure or, or a foot massage. Or, That's pretty good. It's, yeah. So they make some money there. Mm. Then those who have learned soft skills from us mm. have their own little sari. work business going on sari center type of thing uh-huh. where for the village where they're living now mm-hmm. they do all the soft skills of beads and sequin work and mm. for stuff and like that and in a sari they can make anything between minimum 500 to 25 really depending on the kind of work that goes into it so they they are good at all that embroidery they good at all that okay we have been running uh, these programs from uh, 2002 onwards mm-hmm. so there have been plenty of girls who have been trained mm-hmm. and they are all using it in their life in some way or the other Beautiful. then those who were trained in tailoring mm-hmm. have their own little we get them linked to a loan from the government then mm-hmm. they get their you know they get a machine and they sit at home and they make clothes for people in the village as well okay so very self sustaining those who are a little ambitious yeah. were anyway trained with nift and they are now <coughs> earning and they are in bangalore mm-hmm. so they all doing quite well you also do you tie tie up with corporates and all this for this yes we do in fact we have worked with uh, hsbc anz and uh, also ing vice banks mm-hmm. these were the three banks and we have uh, we have worked with titan industries especially for tanish doing jewelry pouches okay then we have worked with mysore silk sari udyog okay uh we have done most of the you know the cushion covers and stuff like that which they have in their all right uh home linen department okay they have a different shop for that called the muse i think mm-hmm. so that's where we we do their work there and uh then we provide most of the products that are made by the girls especially things like fashion accessories okay and couple of garments mm-hmm. garments we have stopped now we were doing them 
but we still continue with the fashion accessories and of late we've been doing a lot of jewelry mm-hmm. so we uh, are constant suppliers supply goes to uh, whenever there is a need for it which is at least four five times in a year okay uh, to uh, levitate uh-huh. uh, then uh, kahava okay uh, kahava not so much now then uh, these are all outlets these are the outlets okay. yeah then uh, there's another shop called things mm-hmm. and uh, and who does all this marketing and linking up all these things basically i do because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean it's like you know a lot of people like, and yeah, that's why yeah okay. it's people people say oh heavens yours is you know like it's really like a one man show yes in a way one woman show one woman show <laughs> yeah but you know what happens is most of these ngos mm-hmm. the biggest problem they have is of marketing yeah yeah i've been managed i've been able to do it because i've had a good cause and i've known the people yeah i i and you've been from, in advertising i've been in advertising so i've had lots of linkages from there Okay. You know so it hasn't been so difficult for me mm-hmm. it's to sustain it as an uh, as a very uh, uh lucrative lucrative trade is it requires more inputs okay you know but it's it goes on at least what's your basic funding girls. for all these activities where do you get your funding from see unicef supported us for almost 7 to 8 years because being a pioneering agency and then we culminated into becoming globally the world worldwide mm-hmm. model to replicate recognition yes yeah, to okay. replicate for successful combating of uh, trafficking trafficking at the grassroots mm-hmm. mainly because we had done such an excellent job also of being able to form these uh, our usp was the uh, village level anti trafficking committees that we formed okay these these were the vigilant ones mm-hmm. who comprised of even your your victim who Mm-hmm. we we say now today is a survivor okay. we don't like to call her victim and also um, uh, your ward members your teacher the family member or people in the community in the community you got all their support and yeah yeah okay that's wonderful okay so we 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 worked a lot through the anti trafficking committees and they were like a, a, a real uh, boon to the trade it was like they themselves got so interested mm-hmm. so passing on information counseling girls who were coming back so that they wouldn't be retrafficked mm-hmm. then uh, preventing uh, brokers and agents from recruiting girls because they would pass on the information to us then we would tell the police and we would nab them before they were taken away taken away. okay but most of it what is the percentage of those who are willingly into it and those who have been forced into it see i think uh, there are at least in in between the years 99 to 2008 9 i would say at least 70 to 80% forced yeah and 70 to 80% would not like to be in the trade oh my god okay you said 70 to 80% don't like to be in it and but no yeah but now yeah. but now chaya the trend seems to have changed mm-hmm. and it is because there has been so much pressure from people like us mm-hmm. that uh, in a way it has forced the gharwalis and the people who are recruiting and in the trade to see that the girls are well paid oh. so now they are paying them and they are but they're still trafficking they're still trafficking oh 
But what is happening is the adult girls, the girls who are above 18 plus, uh-huh. they some of them are being trained, like I told you, to look at a higher class of people whom they could entertain and but, go out for with dirty weekends. But they are willing to do it. They are not forced because they are being because they are getting twenty five thirty thousand for every time they go out. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. But this is applicable to the adults. The this is something more like call girl types, right? Yeah. Escort. But, they, but this is what GB Road, the organized sector, is doing. Oh, okay. Also, then they are pushing them into trying to legalize their rights. Mm-hmm. Which is what? Which is to be able to do this. To be able to do this. Okay. So that they can make the money, and now, of course, the girl has to make money. So is Otherwise, this illegal right they will now? Lose. It is illegal in India. Uh-huh. Uh, prostitution is, illegal. but it's still so rampant. It's still so, rampant. and still police and politicians, politicians and all go and, and all using this facility. Yeah. yeah, you know the kind of money What that uh, Delhi police Kamla Market makes. Uh-huh. They make every day a lakh and a half. By what? By way of income that they get from the pimps. Pains from the garwalis, from the girls also. I like the way they are called garwalis. Yeah, घर नहीं है पर garwalis. Garwalis. Okay. And uh, of course, uh, every time there is a young minor who is brought in, mm-hmm. they are paid one and a half to two lakhs per minor who is brought in. So that. But what about the minor know, child? She doesn't even know. On that register, they maintain. And believe you me, Chaya, this cannot be done without some very top people allowing Support for it. Yeah. Okay. So we know that there has to be somebody really high up who is supporting this. So now what is happening is, I mean, they are also making money, hmm. making more money than they ever made. Hmm. Why? Because people like us have been coming, rescuing, raiding, hmm. taking the girls away, hmm. and we've been getting convictions, hmm. arresting the traffickers, hmm. getting convictions for them. We've we've managed to get ten uh, to fourteen years rigorous imprisonment as the really? highest. Okay, uh-huh. as the highest uh, for the procurers, uh, yeah, and the garwalis. Okay. And earlier there were no convictions. It was taking time to have convictions because the law was also so you know dealer. it's a bit wishy-washy. Really dealer. Yeah. yeah. Now things have been tightened a bit. Okay. We lobbied for it, and uh-huh. during Renuka Chaudhary's time, a group of us NGOs uh-huh. worked with her, uh-huh. and we were able to make some effects. Headways in this. What do you see in future? Where is it going? It's only going to be legalized. It's going to be structurized. It's going to be valid, validated. That's all. But it's not going to stop, right? See, it's not going to stop, and I don't think legalization will happen because legalization, even as a practice in in European countries and others today, is like closing. The whole circle is turning. Okay. Because what happens is legalization becomes a pretext for people. For the traffickers to make more and more money mm. with minors whom they pose as adults, adults. Okay. and it is the plight of the minors that we are concerned with. Mm-hmm. Nobody, you know, I mean, you can counsel as much as you like an adult woman, and if yeah. she wants to, she, she will take her choice. Okay. She may decide, okay, I would rather look at a life that is different, which, which may. Also give me comfortable money, mm-hmm. and it may give me more money than that. Mm-hmm. Also, anything is possible. But do I want to or do do I not want to is up to her. Okay. 
So the concern is about those who are forced into it, whether they are minors or adults who are forced into it. Yeah, because a number of adults who also get forced, forced. into it. Not every adult, not every 18 plus woman is interested in mm-hmm. being in the flesh trade, whether there's money in it or whether there's no money. Okay. So, so the flesh is trade is like another profession, the, the oldest trade, profession. Flesh trade, child. There are the three biggest crime syndicates that are money spinners throughout the globe. Okay. Is your arms and ammunition yes, that comes okay. first? Yeah. Then comes your drugs, mm-hmm. and then comes prostitution. Really, trafficking, okay. human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking has in prostitution could be also slavery, bonded labor. It could be organ selling. It could be anything. But human trafficking is now fast replacing drugs as the number two. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you can imagine what kind of what kind of money there is in this system. And the women are supporting it. The garwalis are women. The garwalis are women. In most cases, the garwalis wind up being ex-sex workers. Okay. The older women who have spent their life in uh, who are not marketable in the anymore. Flesh trade, who yeah. are not marketable anymore, they start in turn to become recruiters. So, don't you think this? And is then this eventually they make money enough through the uh, commissions, and then open their up. own little separate camera. Oh my god. But don't you think, uh, Hema? I feel if women had solidarity, if women supported each other, if women prevent, it could be prevented. But women are encouraging this. Yeah. Okay. okay men are okay. They are the beneficiaries of this. Yeah. But if women clammed up and they came to, together as a group and they prevented it from happening, it could happen, right? Yes, it could. Happen. It could be prevented. It could be prevented. But that's what we are doing at the village level. Now, how much we can do at the demand side? We can't be working there. No, I'm not talking demand about demand side. You need to have different interventions. You need other network partners like ours to mm-hmm. work on issues there. I'm talking about the mindset of women. The mindset. Yeah. Women should get together and make sure this doesn't happen. Not True. organizations, True. but individual women. But Chaya, all women, not just your rural women, not just no, your women. Women. Fifty percent of the population of is the women. Population. Can you imagine if everybody raised their voice against it and made sure that such a thing won't happen? They'll be, they'll be able to put a dent in it. They'll be able to make an impact, impact on, it. on it. But eventually, there nobody can stop it. Doesn't seem to me like this is something you can stop. Mm-hmm. It's a very very. But scary thought. It's a scary thought to end on. Yeah. Thank you so it's much, true. Hema. You're doing wonderful work. Like, if you give a new life to even one individual, mm. that itself is making a difference. Yeah. Right. Would sure. you want to share your uh, website of Stree? Yeah, it's www.stree.stree. India, one word. Yeah. Dot org. It is www. S T H R E I N D I A one word dot o r g. That's right. We encourage you to go to this website and see for yourself more about what Hema is talking about. And if you would like to support this venture from wherever you are, make a little contribution. That's called going mad. <laughs>